and somebody had contacted them and said they have a picture and would they like it and it was a picture of one of the backpacks sitting on the ground murders mysteries unexplained stories and our family's crazy opinions on them all join us now the family school of thought is in session Hello, everybody. Welcome again to the Family School of Thought. Hope everybody's having a great week. Cass, what kind of week are you having? A pretty boring week. I just worked. <laughs> Jesse, <laughs> you probably are not having a boring week at all. No, never. <laughs> Dee, what kind of week are you having? I know what kind of week you're having, total chaos. It's always <laughs> chaos. Right. <laughs> when is it not? All right. Well, okay, let's get going this week. Um, Jesse, why don't you start us out with some um, fun history facts? Yes. I only just have, I just have one today. Um, turn up my volume a little bit. I have one. It is... Um, history's unexplained mysteries calendar for anybody that has is just tuning into our podcast. <laughs> uh, the world's most expensive cheese slicer theft. Wow. So somebody stole a cheese slicer. Wow. This just happened recently <laughs> in February 2015. It was the world's was most valuable. What was it? I don't know. Maybe. Um, in 2015, the world's most valuable cheese slicer. Um, I want to see a picture of it. Was I don't have a picture. Again, these are just calendar facts, okay? <laughs> I want to know what is so important about this. No, it's I a cheese slicer. Uh, it's very important. It's a cheese slicer. Okay. The world's most valuable cheese slicer was stolen from the Amsterdam Cheese Museum, again, in February 2015. It was $28,000 for this slicer. It was covered, here you go, it was covered in 220 diamonds. Uh, and it was taken from the museum's basement where it was stored in a secured supply cap, a display cabinet. And the slicer was created in 2007 by a cheese tool producer. <laughs> he wants a cheese slicer. <laughs> My question is, I have a question. Well, she's not there. <laughs> I was she's clearly taking care of me. <laughs> I was just wondering if Rihanna was in concert anywhere near that at the time of the theft. <laughs> okay. You say, bitch, better have my slicer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, okay. You know, the, the other day. Um, <laughs> okay. I'm sorry. This is getting me off. This but is a fun yeah, way to start. Your mom owes Danielle $15 for her good grades. 16. And 16. your mother, huh? 16. $16 for her good grades. And so I told her, I said, well, I think you deserve 20 because 
there should be a late fee for that. Yeah. <laughs> really, really want to say, you know, bitch better have my money. <laughs> I better not do it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. They don't know how well it works when you tell a kid to say something funny. Yeah, right. <laughs> okay, so back to the cheese slicer. Okay? okay, the slicer was created in 2007 by a cheese tool producer, Boska Holland, in a partnership with celebrity jewelry designer um, Rodrigo Atsugo. Atsugo? Adesu, I'm not sure how to pronounce that name. The thief was caught on surveillance footage during the robbery and sketches were created and shown to the public. The Amsterdam Cheese Museum declared a reward for anybody who would return the piece, stating that it would provide a cheese gift basket and the world's largest <laughs> fondue set as a thank you to anyone who provided substantial tips regarding the robbery. Okay. The thief has never been identified. I saw, yeah. That thief is yeah. a monster. <laughs> <laughs> monster cheese. We do get him. I mean, isn't that an odd pairing, a cheese slicer and a jeweler? Like, I, you know, I... I really do want to see a picture of this. Okay. Well, <laughs> if I can find the most expensive cheese slicer. Uh, I don't, while you're looking for the picture of the cheese slicer, maybe Cassie could uh, do her song. Sure. Do a song um, you can do it for me this week. Well, I don't know if I'm going to ruin it too much because I, uh, I, I don't know. Um, but I this week's song is going to be American Woman by the Guess Who. So this one, yes, exactly, Mom. Um, so this one has two different kind of facts about it, um, and they are both from the lead singer, um, Burton Cummings, and the other one is from the guitarist. Randy Bachman, and it is about what this song is actually about. Um, so <laughs> both of them are kind of like weirdly creepy um, facts um, because Burton Cummings says that the song is not a political song, um, and it is in fact uh, not even a mis misogynistic song, even though it says "American Woman, Stay Away from Me." Um, he has said that it is about how they grew up in Canada uh, and they grew up in a very conservative and um, tight-knit community um, and he said they came to America for a tour and all of a sudden they were in New York and New Jersey and all these big huge cities with these American women and he said he just American women were not for him um, but he says that it is not, <laughs> he says it, it is not uh, anything bad. He just says that it is because he prefers Canadian women, but that also uh, he wants American women to stay away from him because they, for some reason, grow older than any other woman of any other country, um, which I think is pretty misogynistic. <laughs> but. <laughs> 
that is what Burton Cummings, the lead singer of the band, the guess who says about the song. Um, but if you ask the guitarist, Randy Bachman, what the song is about, he said that it is, in fact, a political statement um, and that it is not anything to do with American women, um, but America in and itself. Um, he said that the song was written while they were in America. Um, so that, I guess, can be the cohesive point of the song. Um, but he says it was because they wrote the song because it is an anti-war protest song due to the fact that while they were touring in America, they were in North Carolina. And now this was happening in, uh, I think, 1968 is when they wrote the song. Maybe 1969 is when they recorded it. But this was during the Vietnam War and the draft. And they, they said that while they were in North Carolina, they had army officials come and try to draft all four members of the band, the Guess Who, into the war. Um, but they are all Canadians, so they said they had to get out of America real quick uh, and get back to Canada so that they would not get drafted in the American War against Vietnam. Hmm. So, I mean, that's pretty scary to think about that you just go to another country to tour with your band and all of a sudden you're getting drafted into one of the most deadly wars in the world. So, I guess it depends on who you ask, but I think both both stories of how this song was written are pretty creepy. Yeah. That would be. There you go. Yes, I like both versions. So if you know that this this is the guest two version, but singer Lenny Kravitz also did a cover that's of this song that's pretty well yeah. received. But best. apparently, I didn't realize this, apparently Lenny Kravitz's version of this song his cover of this song was actually only written for the movie Austin Powers, The Spy Who, uh, oh God, what is it called? The it was written for an Austin. Yeah, it was written for an Austin Powers movie. I didn't. Re- well, there's like three know Austin Powers movies. I did not realize that it was his was written specifically for Austin Powers. That's what it says online. I don't know how true that is, but but I would say Lenny Kravitz version is the one that comes to mind and the one I like recognize the most. But that would make sense because I was around the age when Austin Powers came out that I like it was like middle school, high school time for me. So it was well, like perfect age for me. Right. Yeah. That movie was like Lenny a, Kravitz know, was a stupid movie. It's, it's like a yeah. it will, that movie is like a middle school, high school funny movie. Mm-hmm. But I, mm-hmm. I also remember when the the guest who was, you know, a big big band. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like I've heard both versions. Like usually with cover songs, I've only heard one or the other song or the version. But I feel like I've heard both of the versions of this song. Yeah. Hmm. They were good. But there you go. That's your song for the week. That's it. And it's one of those songs you sing forever and you don't really even think about what is it's about. <laughs> right. Why does it why do they want the American woman to stay away? Right. Why do you want American women to stay away? <laughs> okay. Speaking okay. of an American woman. I am American woman. You have a great story for us this week. Well, do you I guys just, want to see? The, do you want to see the cheese? Yeah, I want to see the cheese. I want to see the cheese. Okay. Hello. Cheese. All of this rockets about the cheese. Yeah. Cheese and rock. So this is the world's most expensive cheese slicer, and it was stolen. If you look at the date that this this was 
this article is from the world of cheese. Or That's the world it. Of cheese culture. Really? I'm disappointed, by the way. Yeah, I'm <laughs> really disappointed, too. <laughs> That's tiny. Yeah. I was expecting, like, an industrial size cheese well, slice. Here's a close-up of the diamonds. Ah. Okay. Yep. And wow. here is what it like in its display case. <laughs> wow. Oh, wow. You know, like, the thing, though, too, is, like, you wonder why it got stolen. You have it advertised. Yeah, exactly right. The most it. expensive. Why would they not sell? Yep. Steal that. So, there the you go. The funny thing is that they probably popped those diamonds right off that and then well, just like used the like cheese really, slicer. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, this, like, this part looks like it could just like probably like pop right off. And right. It's a pinky and ring now. And now someone's I have probably wearing it. Yes, yeah, so probably wearing it. Made it into a little uh, Pandora necklace pendant. Actually, this one, it looks, you know, like it looked small, but this one, it probably would fit on like a, a ring finger somewhere. So, yeah. Yeah. There you go. There's the most expensive cheese slicer. That, that is a beauty. Okay, now, now pull up Rihanna's schedule from that day. Yeah. <laughs> where was, where was Rihanna at the scene of the crime? I'm not going to do that one. <laughs> okay all right okay d are you ready for yeah. us this week i think so i guess i'm as ready as i'm gonna be okay okay it's all yours oh what do you want me to say <laughs> all right um I, this week it's um the first marathon ran the american manhunt Boston Marathon Bomber. Oh, yeah. Mm. Yeah. And the first marathon ran in April of 1897. Did you know that? That's when the first marathon ran. First um, Boston Marathon? or Yes, yes. The first Boston Marathon ran in, um, in April of 1897. And it always fell on April the 19th, no matter what day it fell after that. And then from 1969 to 2019, um, it was uh, pronounced that it's now run on the third Monday of, in April. So whatever the third um, Monday it is. But uh, this happened... Um, Monday in the spring of April 15th, 2013, and otherwise known as Patriots Day, they uh, Massachusetts closed down all the streets, um, and it was only known for uh, this marathon was only closed in uh, Massachusetts. Um, it was a special day, a biggest day in the city. Millions um, of people came to and filled the streets to watch this marathon. Um, the marathon ran um, by thousands of men and women of Massachusetts and all over, I think worldwide. Um, and... Uh, celebrated it as their holiday. Um, 
So everybody looked forward to coming to this marathon and watching. And uh, the race started, start line started in Hopkins, Hopkinton's, um, Massachusetts. It was a 26.2 mile run and it ended on Boyles, Boylston Street near uh, Copley Square. The first blast by made by a pressure cooker um, bomb went off outside the Marathon Sports at 249.43 seconds. The second blast, which was 210 yards away on Boylston Street, um, blast at 249.57 seconds. Uh, the, um, the first um, bomb took place um, with uh, three hours in, after the um, first winner crossed the uh, the finish line and the um, time on the race clock was 4.09 or 4.09 so four hours and nine seconds or nine minutes and 43 seconds was on the clock when that um, first blast went off but the first place um, had already passed it three hours into past it. Um, though, uh, after the first winner crossed the finish line, um, there were still 5,700 runners yet to finish. Um, the runners that were in the vicinity were able to continue to cross the finish line um, because they were there. But um, at 257, all remaining run runners were diverted to the Boston Commons and the uh, Kenmore Square. The explosions killed three people, a 23-year-old woman, um, a 29-year-old woman, and an eight-year-old um, little boy. The um, injured and it injured 281 others who were treated at 27 local hospitals. At least 14 people, um, individuals, required amputations. With the same, um, with some of them suffering um, traumatic amputations. Um, 16 individuals lost their um, legs, and the youngest um, was a seven-year-old little girl who had to have one of her legs amputated. Um, the police closed 15 surrounding blocks around um, the blast area, and uh, there were um, there was a fire that had started at the library at the same time of the attack. Um, and everybody was wondering, was it related to these bombers? And I, 
never found out if it was or wasn't, if they had, you know, if it was just a coincidence that the library had caught fire or if it was a diversion um, to keep the um, fire department and police away um, to that, we don't know. But um, into the hour of uh, 21 hours into it, which would have been Tuesday, President Barack Obama um, called it a terrorist attack um, because it was a man-made bomb to attack civilians. Um, he wanted to know who did it, why they did it, and they would be caught and they would be um, they they would uh, have to pay the consequences. Um, to get and they were they would get to the bottom of this. He guaranteed. Um, on Wednesday, three days after the blast, um, with a lot of the civilians' cameras and pictures collected um, by the police and um, FBI. Um, it had been turned over because of it being a um, terrorist attack to the FBI. Um, so anybody that was on the streets, um, anybody that had pictures, they were asked to turn them in. And um, the FBI said that they contacted um, many, many uh, surveillance uh, FBI agents and uh big higher up people to get to the bottom of all these surveillances. So they, they um, looked at surveillance cameras that were on um, all of the locations uh, at the restaurants or whoever had surveillance cameras, they confiscated them. And um, some of them had thousands of um, footage and they had to go through those you know, inch by inch, um, scene by scene, and it took them forever to get through all of them. Um, and somebody had contacted them and said, they have a picture and would they like it? And it was a picture of one of the backpacks sitting on the ground. So the police, the FBI confiscated it. And I think that that was kind of some of the clue because then they knew what frame to look at in all, all of these surveillances. So um, they um, come across uh, the um, surveillances and they were laid uh, in the um, surveillances, they were later identified as the I don't know, Traverant, I can't pronounce their names, Tanvera brothers, who were Americans, um, 19 old, 19 year old Zokar and 26 year old Tamaran. Um, they um, were known. The, the older brother, the 26-year-old, he was not an American. He had a green card, and he was um, he was here in the United States. But Zokar, he 
went to school here as teachers, seen the pictures on the surveillance. Once they had um, found the men that had the backpacks that laid the back backpacks down, they were identified as um, the FBI identified him as the black hat and the white hat man. Um, and if anybody knew who these individuals were to come forward to call FBI and um, one of the teachers that Zokar had couldn't believe they're going, no, no, no. And, um, and some, you know, of course, some people were um, identified that there was an individual and um, he was of this uh, foreign um he was of a foreign country or looked like um and they thought that it was him and they questioned him and interrogated him and it wasn't him so you know they went after the wrong person because somebody identified this other individual and um and he said that it ruined his life um, and then one of the individuals that, uh, or a couple of the individuals, one of the women that had passed, um, they were standing um, on the in front of the um, the bar, and um, her friend ended up passing, but she was in the operating room, and because somebody ran up to her and said, here's your phone. She put her friend's phone in her pocket and she had no idea that that's whose phone it was. She just thought, okay, this is my phone. Well, when they got to the emergency room and they were doing um, surgery on her, they mistakenly thought that she was the individual that owned this phone. And her, the girl that was getting operated on's boyfriend was told that her they couldn't find his girlfriend and that I, that they don't know where she's at. And she was in the operating room. And then they, the, the family to the girl that passed the 26 year old that had passed her, their family were out there waiting for her. And um, then it was identified that it was another woman. And so the, um, the boyfriend that was running the race, um, identified her and said that it was uh, not the other woman. And so the poor, the family that had been sitting there waiting for the operation to get done with um, got the devastating news that her, their daughter had passed. But um, the uh, Zokar and Tamaran had um, killed a 27 year old um, police officer which was the um, Massachusetts Institutional uh, Tech of Technology police officer in Cambridge on Cambridge campus and um, kidnapped a gentleman um, and took him as a, a hostage and made him drive around Boston, stopping at all the ATM machines, collecting money and told him that they were that he was the Boston, Massachusetts, Boston bomber. And that his, and they took his Mercedes, they, and the um, Zokar 
um, drove a sedan of, of the car that they were driving or they stole it um, and was following them behind them. They stopped at a gas station and the gentleman jumped out of the car and ran across the street. They were at a shell station and he ran over to another gas station and um, told the owner he was trying to lock the doors to lock the doors and that um, the bomber was trying to kill him. And um, they um, he said, call 911. And um, he had the police on the phone and uh, the young man told the police that um, his car was uh, taken and that they could um, they could uh, trace his track his car because his cell phone was still in his car. So that's how they found um, that's how they traced where they were and they took took off in his car and went to um, a small nearby town called Watertown where um, they locked up um, all of the schools and, and all of the busing and uh, closed down the neighborhood, told everybody to stay in their house. Um, and where they had a shoot, shootout in this town of Watertown and police from all over were shooting at civilians' homes and missing people by hairs. There was children in these houses and the shootout took place. And um, it, it, they're just very lucky that nobody um, was killed. And it was said that after the fact that they found out that this town, they, they had went into this town and they were just shooting at each other on this road. And Tamron and um, Zokar um, were shooting and behind the Mercedes. And one of the police officers had come to, was on his way home because he had run the race. And he jumped in his vehicle and seen that they were having a shootout in this neighborhood. And he went behind the houses. He jumped over two fences and tackled the, um, tackled Tamaron. And Tamaron was left the Mercedes, the safety of the Mercedes. And the cops couldn't understand how they could be still alive or how they could even function because they shot him and hit him many times. And he was just walking right down the street towards the police officers. And the cop tackled him in the middle of the road. And um, everybody, once he got him down on the ground, um, a bunch of other police officers come running and they were trying to handcuff him and get him under control. And they couldn't understand how he could still function because he had so many gunshots. But um, he was giving them heck and, and fighting big time. And so um, Zokar jumped in the Mercedes and drove right straight for the, the all of the police that were trying to tackle Tamaron and ended up, the cops are saying, he's not stopping, he's not stopping. 
And they all jumped off of Tamron and ran to the side of the road. And uh, Zokar ran his brother over and dragged him um, behind the car, underneath the car. And once he got over his brother, the police went back to Tamron, worked on him, gave him CPR, and the um, ambulance came in and took him and put him in the ambulance. He was still alive, but he was in bad shape. His whole side of his um, body was tore up, and um, I guess he had uh, passed on the way to the hospital or at the hospital. Um, but he did he did end up passing. So um, after uh, uh, Zokar took off and uh ended up going in uh down i don't know how many blocks streets but um he had abandoned his car in in that you know a neighborhood a couple blocks away and ran on foot cuz when the police caught, when the police finally caught up with Zokar um they found the car abandoned but they could not find him they had a manhunt, um, looked for him and looked for him, never found him. They had um, sniffer dogs, never found him. And um, the um, uh, couple days later, the police were called by a man that lived in Watertown and said that um, there was blood all over his boat. He had went out to check on his boat and I don't know why, and the police never even looked in this boat, but he had um, seen blood all over the boat and um, called the police, reported that there was that, there was a man hiding in his boat with blood everywhere. And the police immediately went to his house and um, found uh, Zokar hiding in the boat and with blood all over him and the um, Zokar surrendered. But, um, Um, and they, you know, of course they arrested him and, and, um, took him to jail. And then he, uh, Zokar was convicted on April the 15th, 2013 for the bombings, um, on, on for the bombings, um, and the marathon bombings in July of, um, he pleaded uh, not guilty on 30 federal charges, um, including the use of a weapon of mass destruction resulting in death. Um, he was found guilty on 30 of the charges by a jury on April the 18th in 2015 and was sentenced to death by lethal injection. At his trial, he apologized to 
um, the survivors and the family members of the victims. Um, he was sent to the um, Supermax prison in Florence, Colorado, where he was incarcerated with other terrorists. And, you know, it gave a bunch of different names of all of the other terrorists. Um, but Zokar's death sentence was later overturned by a federal appeal court on the grounds of possible jury exposure due to media coverage. Um, but in March of 2022, it was, um, reenacted by the Supreme Court on the 118th runner marathon. Um, the Boston governor hosted a ceremony honoring the bombing victims along with the first uh, responders and guaranteed the 500 or I mean 5,633 runners a spot in the 2000 um, marathon race the um oh wait a minute at the gunpoint withdrew money oh i already said that um and then um the um there is a memorial in copley squares to mark the 100th running race um so if anybody is ever there in Massachusetts, they should look this up. It's a circle granite block setting the ground and it's surrounded by um, central medallions that traces the race course and the winner's names. Um, and on only four occasions have record times in the marathon been set. In 1947, it was set by Sanyan Bok, um, which was two hours and 25 minutes and 39 seconds um, from um, South Korea. He was from South Korea. And then in 1975 by a Leanne Winters with a time of two, two hours and 42 minutes and 24 seconds from West um, Germany. And then 1990 or 1983, Joan Bonet Sam um, of the United States had a time of two hours, 22 minutes and 43 seconds. In 2011, um, by Jeffrey um, Mutnit, Mutal, um, he had a time of two hours and three minutes and two seconds. 2012, Joshua Cassidy of Canada um, was the first man in a wheelchair with a world record time of one hour, 18 minutes and 25 seconds. And then in 2014, um, I'm gonna flop up her name, it's Bosnis Diva. And she had a time of two hours and 19 minutes and 59 seconds in 2014. And that's all I got for you today. Well, I remember that very well. Yes. Um, I remember the two brothers, you know, were in, did it together. Yes, yes, right. they but, both. But really, I, I can't remember exactly what their reasoning, what was it they were expecting? It just. They weren't, they weren't in a terrorist group at all. They, they just. Um, they, 
They said that it was due to the war in Iraq and Afghanistan, but that they were not affiliated with any terrorist groups such as ISIS or stuff like that. They were self-radicalized is what the younger brother would confess. Yeah, I feel like that's what I remember. Yeah. Which, I mean, it's definitely not an excuse for what they did. It's terrible, but I'm sure there was just especially like after 2001 there was just so much prejudice against mu- the muslim religion as well as people from the middle east and they were from like uh they weren't from like um afghanistan or anything they were, their family was from chesnia yes yes and then yeah. the, the mom and dad both came to america and then they See, ended up getting, them, yeah. right and then they ended up getting divorced and I think that after that, that's when Tamron, um, they, you know, what I understood of what I was reading, um, that's when he went after, but, you know, because of the 9-11 attacks, um, he, I think he had so much anger with his parents and, and then with all of the racial prejudice against them and even in the mausoleum when they were uh at the churches that you know it was they it was very hard because one of the, the gentlemen that got con got um arrested and it wasn't him right he, he was great he was good friends with zokar yeah yeah and, and you know nobody nobody thought that zokar would ever do this because he was on the wrestling team. He was a great student. He was liked by many people and nobody could understand his reasoning other than I think he was just doing what his brother told him to do. And yeah. it, was right. mostly, yeah. it was mostly his brother. And, you know, he, he was out with a bunch of his buddies and he was out with um, the gentleman that got um, convicted or, or, or charged with the crime um and they were uh out there they were going to do something and he got a phone call and he said i've got to go and they said are you okay is everything okay and he said just family so that's when his brother had called and said you know get home and we're doing this and i think that that's where it began you know whatever his brother whatever his brother said that's what he did the right. brother was the mastermind behind it, yeah. Yes, yes, yes. I do remember, I remember specifically with the, like, them bombing the day after, or maybe it was, like, hours after. I can't remember when they, a bunch of news outlets actually got in a lot of trouble because they released the picture of the, suspect, like, suspected bomber um, and basically, yes, like, and put, put up a bunch of newscast i like specifically remember this they put up a bunch of newscasts and then uh, they were like this is not yeah like this is not the right guy like this is just some random person who was there yeah right and so they had like there was like this huge retraction and like i remember like i think i was it was so this was 2013 so i would have either been i think freshman year of college and so like i'm in broadcasting classes i'm in journalism classes and you were basically learning, like, this is what you should never do. Like, it's right. that thing where you want to get the, like, you want to be the first one to get the story out. 
But when you don't check facts enough, you're going to get stuff like this where you're putting up a picture of the wrong person. Right. And that's what happened to that gentleman. He was a right. college um, classmate and he, you know, all of his classmates said, oh my gosh, doesn't that look like such and such? And so they turned him in mm -hmm. and he was wrongfully charged. So yeah. he said that it literally ruined his life. Yeah, I bet. Imagine being like suspected of right. one of the like, biggest domestic terrorist attacks. But I right. don't remember it taking a long time for them to figure out who it was. Uh, it was five days. They did not yeah. find out. Oh, they were on a, they were on the run for five days. They ran on Monday and they got him on Friday. For five days, it wasn't like it went on forever. But I do. Re I specifically remember watching the news clips or um, clips where they showed the guy putting the um, uh, backpack down. Yeah. Yeah. and that's when they identified yeah. him as the black hat and the white hat man. Mm -hmm. yeah. So if anybody knew anything, in, any information, and that's when people were going through their photos and realizing, oh, my gosh, I've got this photo. And that's right. how they they right. got it down to the correct time frame because or time frame because they said that they were going through thousands of footage. Right. And they, were, right. You know, and they had so many people watching and looking at them. And they said that they were just um, totally exhausted that they that um, some of the um, FBI agents ended up in the hospital because they went, um, they were, they went out with exhaustion. They were just, they had, they had to yeah. go to the hospital from exhaustion. Yeah. So it, it's, it's a sad thing, but it was, you know, they caught, they caught him. And how many people were killed? Um, there was three people killed. There was an eight year old boy and two women. One was a 28-year-old and one was a 23-year-old, if I'm not mistaken. Um, a 23-year-old and a 29-year-old and an 8-year-old. And then um, there was 281 others that were injured and treated at the local hospitals and 14 individuals that required amputation including a um, one girl i think she had both of her legs amputated and she was a dancer yeah yes yeah and, and those were the severe ones those are traumatic those were some of the traumatic ones it didn't name how many but it just um so, some of them were very traumatic well and then, i mean the so the term traumatic amputation doesn't mean like it's traumatic in itself it means that the bomb itself amputated them yeah, so right. they didn't, they didn't oh. like have, they didn't have, like, they didn't go to the doctor and the doctor is like, okay, we need, we can't do anything. We need to amputate this. It was like traumatic amputation means on scene, whatever the accident was, was what amputated them. Right. And if you go back and if you watch on Netflix, the um, manhunt, mm -hmm. they, they have footage of where it happened and there's body parts everywhere. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. It was, yeah, it was, it, yeah. Well, and if I'm correct too, this um, pressure cooker was just filled with screws. Shrapnel. Yeah. Shrapnel, yes, mm -hmm. yes. And so that causes massive, it's not yeah. like a fire explosion. It's literally, right. you know. Little bitty pieces just flying right. at extraneous speeds. Right. Right. 
So there was lots of people that were very what injured. Traumatic. And, and I, don't, do this. I don't know. And for those people that were involved in that, to see that, it's, you know, even one of the police officers said that it's like uh, PS, PST. PTSD. Um, yeah, um, because that those people can never get that out of their minds. I mean, to see oh, all of the people that and then to uh, for all of those shootouts that happened right in the streets in a neighborhood. I mean, they they showed pictures of yeah. houses yeah. and these these bullets went right through their homes. I mean, can yeah. you imagine somebody coming, the police driving down our street and shooting into our home? That was like, oh my gosh, it was it was pretty bad, pretty shocking. Yeah. And then, and then for him to be hiding for three days in a boat and nobody find him. Mm -hmm. yeah. That's, that's. Yeah, I remember that too. Yeah. Right. Because it wasn't even anybody he knew. It wasn't like a boat that he just had. Like it was some random person who they just, he just crawled into their boat one night. And they didn't know he was there until three he'd days been later. There, he'd been there since he evacuated the, the car. He right. ran and and hid into that boat. Why the sniffer dogs didn't find him? What did he do so that they couldn't sniff him? Right. And that why did they? Why did they not see this boat? It's out in clear day, but it was also dark. And, and, you and know. the boat was also covered. Yeah, you know. like it was yes. like it was almost like a wind rise. Like it wasn't like yeah, it was. Okay. It had like it a big cover. Yeah, right. It, like, it was in the driveway, but. You know, you couldn't tell that there was anything going on in there. No. Right. Because it was like, it was in their driveway, like up on these kind of taller stilts too. So like it, it would have been hard to get in there to begin with. Right. So right. I wouldn't expect anybody to be in there. Yeah. So. But um, also another thing was um, in the 2014 race or whatever, I I can't remember the the year. I don't remember the year, but the eight year old's brother that was killed in the bombing, his older brother ran the race in oh. in his name. For you know, and a lot of the runners had his initials or something on their shirts. Right. So it will never be forgotten. No. no. That's all I got. Any questions? Anything else? No, it's a a sad story and tragic. Something story. that yeah, it's more recent history that lots of people still remember. And I, remember. I know there's there's a lot of people that um, that lost their legs or you know had amputations that are running the race now or did. Yeah. Yeah. you know they have which um, is insane like imagine yeah. the PTSD you have from yeah. that and then yeah. to you know cross that finish continue. line knowing that yeah, yeah. well to continue to run that marathon that's got to be that's so much strength yeah. i think yeah. and matter of fact i think that when um one of the bombs went off one of the runners was running past the i think mm -hmm. one of the runners was one of the amputees because he was running um, past that 
spot at the time that the bomb went off. Right, right. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I mean, I mean, I definitely remember we were glued to our TVs for like. A yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. And I remember thinking, you know, God, you know, you could just be anywhere and something yeah. like that could happen. Yep. Right. Yeah. yeah. It's not like, well, we were in the wrong part of town or why we were, you know, this is yeah. just anywhere. And, and they, you know, they still are celebrating. I mean, they're still. Well, fortunately, um, fortunately, Boston said, no, we're going to keep doing this. You know, we're not. Yeah. Gonna yeah. Yeah. You really have to like, if you stop the race, this, like you said, this is a centuries old race. If you stop this race and say like, we're not going to do it anymore. Like they won. They like, they, yeah. Like they won. They prove that you're afraid of them. No. And, and that's what we got to do. We just got to make sure that we have, um, and any big event, and to this day, we still have big events. And it came to my mind um, when the basketball team won. And last night we were watching the news or it, it came over the news and the streets were just mass of people. I'm thinking, mm-hmm. oh, my gosh. Well, uh, I killed, didn't I? well, there was people killed because people went crazy. But it wasn't because of terrorists or attack, but no, no, you know, it, was, it was an unknown event. I mean, people gathered in the streets because they won, but yeah. anytime we have big um, things and get togethers, they, they have surveillance out and they have cops and police surrounding right. all, all events now. But um, for that event last night when everybody was in Colorado because of the basketball team winning, and it was the first time in how long? I, I I just could not believe the people. I'm thinking, oh my gosh! I mean, anything could happen. So it was it was it. it you have to think about that. Just, just think about stuff like that when you're going you see, to the mall when, or you oh know, yeah, you going know, to a concert in Las Vegas. You know, these things happen. Like you know, it does not matter where you're at. It doesn't no. matter about security. No these things are going to happen. Yeah. yeah. You just don't know what goes on behind. A Thanksgiving them. Day parade, not a Thanksgiving Day parade. What was a Christmas parade that the guy drove through? Yes. Um, so like it's. Well, there was like, lots of parades where they've had that. Yeah. yeah. Parades. I think one was like a Fourth of July parade. Yeah. Yep. It's insane. No, it's insane. It's insane. But um, be aware of all your surroundings. That's all I yep. got to say. You know, big events, make sure. Mm-hmm. Anything that you see that looks unattended, can go find someone. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And turn somebody in. I mean, if you think somebody looks suspicious. And the sad thing is, is when you're looking at the surveillances and you're looking at what they showed on TV, they didn't look like suspects. I mean, right, they, right, right. they right. look like well, that's the suspects. problem is the people we think that look suspicious right. aren't doing anything. Right. And the people right. who are not looking suspicious are the ones who are doing things. Right. But I will say but when they this, see like, you should be if you see somebody setting down a piece of luggage or a backpack and then walking away from it. I know, but the thing is, is nobody, nobody's seen that because they were focused on the racers coming through and most of them had family that 
they were watching and right, right, right. waiting for her. Like the two girls, they they were waiting for her boyfriend to come across the finish line. And somebody had said he got a cramp and um, he would be finishing later. And some of them said, oh, you should, you know, go somewhere else. And she goes, no, we've got the perfect spot. We probably should just stay right here. If they would have left, they could have been saved. So something was telling them they should not stay there, but they did. And, and then um, they paid the consequences. So, you know, if you, like you said, like you said, if, if you're not watching the race and you see somebody drop a, a put a backpack down, you know, mm -hmm. call the police, call 911. Right. I mean, not that they could have done anything because whoever picked up the backpack could have it, it, it would have went off no matter what because it was it was supposed to go off at a certain time. But just be aware of your surroundings when you go to big events or any small event. It could be a, a, a little right. county fair. Yeah. You just don't know who's gonna do, who's gonna be malicious. I don't think we've ever been to an event where something went on. No, no, we've been very fortunate. We I mean, really that big of a event, but we've been to see. concerts, many, many concerts, and you know, it just didn't happen before 9 11. I mean, I don't think that we've ever been to a big event well, since 9 11. Yeah, no. I was gonna say, when was the bath bombing before or after 2001? No, I so, mean, when I was mean, no, I'm talking about your dad and I, we have not been to anything like a big huge event that the Lansing summer concert series <laughs> yeah nothing happened but that's what I mean like you've been to big events you're just yeah, like you oh, know yeah, yeah. I guess I just not thinking I mean I was thinking like big pine knob concerts and you know even the Lansing one I mean there was millions of people down there even the parade I mean how many times that we, were we down at the parade in Lan downtown Lansing yeah. in yeah, the, 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 the Capitol. What is it, Silver Bells? Yeah, yeah. that's what I was thinking. Yes, silver, silver Bells. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, anything could have happened, and it, we've just been very fortunate that. Yeah. Yeah. We still have some good people here. <laughs> mm -hmm. hmm. I don't know. You are right. I, I I guess my brain didn't work very good. I was thinking, oh yeah, we've been, you know, nothing like that's happened since 9-11, but yeah, we have been. <laughs> really. 9-11 was 22 years ago, so a lot has happened <laughs> and after, before. Right, right. right. Yeah. Yep, that's... I heard um, there's a, um, a psychic that predicted 9-11, and they were right. And they also predicted that the year 2023, there would be a nuclear war. Hmm. And it would really? wipe out a we're pretty close. <laughs> we're pretty yeah. close to that, unfortunately. I'm, I'm praying that it doesn't happen, but, you know. 
but people are getting prepared for them. Yeah. We need a bunker. We need to build a bunker. Where's that bug out bag? <laughs> yeah. Um, it's up in your closet, I thought. I don't Yeah, it's up in, matter of fact, I think it's up in Danielle's closet. It was in Cassie's closet. Oh, please please explain question. where your bug out bag is to all of our listeners. And what is well, also, what is a bug out bag going to do? Like, you're not going to survive the nuclear blast, I promise you. Well, no, but if if there was a nuclear blast that took out a third of the planet, well, that's two thirds that are still alive and are there. But you're probably not going to have electricity. You're not going to have running water. You you know you. And we don't have enough in that bug out bag to survive no. more than a day. <laughs> do you so, do you we, girls keep water like? No. Yeah. No. yeah, we have, I mean, we don't have a ton. We used to keep a lot more, but it would just go bad and stuff. But um, we have stuff down in the basement if we need it. So, and I said, there's lots of people that have collected foods and, you know, but most of the stuff you can't keep. No, you can, you can keep it for some years, but it's like, we don't, and that's why. You're like, supposed to rotate it out. Yeah. Well, I know, but but the whole how point is like, this, how about this? Have any of you ever thought of a plan in case of yeah, we have something? a plan. We have a plan in place. Nope. And I'm not gonna share it. If there's a nuclear war that happens, I'm not gonna struggle to survive. I'm gonna be like see you later. I mean, and I don't know that I would want to live in a world where you're in fear of everything, you can't breathe, and why why yeah, suffer? If, if only one third of the planet was taken out, I know, but that nuclear, but that nuclear fallout, fallout, mm -hmm. or you know, I mean, it it's going to contaminate the the air all over, just like that fire in Canada. Yeah. Look at how far it went. Well, not know, even the air, the water supplies. You're not. Yeah. I mean, you know. no matter where you're at, you're going to suffer. I mean, you could take a drink and then really suffer just because you drank something, water that was in the ocean that got, that, that was contaminated by the nuclear bomb or blast. What was that movie with, I think it was with Brandon Fraser. <laughs> yeah, Brandon Fraser and yeah. um, it's probably downstairs. Yeah, oh, the where they were down. Man. Or, um, Encino Man. Yeah, Encino Man. Yeah. yeah. Snowman. What is it? Encino Man. Encino Man. Encino Man. Where they were in a bomb shelter for all those years. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And they come out and thought there was mutants. Yeah. <laughs> but the world moved on. There was no nuclear blast. Right, right, right. Crazy. Well, I guess I'd be heading for the Denver airport because I want to get yeah, That's true. That's where you should go. <laughs> uh, the, the airplanes wouldn't be flying right after the nuclear. Let me in. <laughs> there, might be, there might be nuclear uh, gases in the sky, so a plane would just blow up. 
I wouldn't get into a plane, that's for sure. No. Um, you know, we should have a plan. I mean, all people should. Um, that in case of some type of big emergency like that, what would be, you know, like, how would uh, the four of us plan on getting together? Because you're probably not going to have cell service. You're not going to have, you know, any communication service. Mm -hmm. Well, what do you do? Do we try mm -hmm. to meet someplace or do you just? I know. Out? I mean, yeah, especially. That's what the plan in place is supposed to be. Yeah, you meet at a destination, you wait for the other people for a specific amount of time. If they don't get there by that time, you move on to the next destination. Yeah. And then you wait there for a specific amount of time. And if they still don't make it, then you move on to your next point. So you guys have a plan like that? We do. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay, so we're not involved in this? No, no apparently not. That's how much we're loved. <laughs> the whole point is it's supposed to be a family secret, and we don't want it to get out. We don't want the entire town to know where what our plan is. But we are family, and we're not in on the <laughs> We don't want the entire town yeah. to know what it is. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Jesse will call you as the like nuclear bomb alarms go off and she'll tell you then, but you still yeah. can't tell anybody. <laughs> can't be like loading up the van, like, come on. And we don't need, you know, swimmies and towels. And... <laughs> you don't need. And maybe you won't survive and I will. Maybe. <laughs> there you go. That's how some of the plans work sometimes. Y'all yeah. <laughs> can leave oh, without me. I'm good. <laughs> like, I oh, did see a map of themselves, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I did see a map recently, like nuclear fallout. And for some reason, like Oregon is like the only state that does not get nuclear uh, radiation. I'm like, okay. <laughs> And I know I'm coming to Portland, Oregon. But you're close to Russia. Yeah. And that I can see be, Russia from my house. That would be a pretty, you know, if there was a nuclear war going on, that might be. Hopefully. Close, closer you better to get your van going and start moving this way. <laughs> we'll see. Well, okay, guys. Okay. Got any, anything else to add to the story? Jesse, would you like to tell these nice folks how they could find us or... You got anything to tell them? Hit that like button. Please <laughs> hit the like button. It's at the bottom of your screen. Hit the like button. Button. Hit the like button. Yeah. <laughs> like us. Subscribe to our YouTube channel and to our podcast on wherever you listen to podcasts. Listen to us in your in your car. Listen to mm. us when you're jogging or running. Listen to us when you're taking a walk. 
while you're cleaning your house. Let us be part of your family. Come be part of ours. Download us so that when the nuclear apocalypse happens, you can just listen right. to us all the time. Yeah, exactly. Right. Download, Download all of our episodes so you'd have we'd be able to entertain you. And get hit that notification out. button so you can get notifications when the next episode has been released. Yeah. You never want to miss an episode. Not a single one. And if you got if you want to share your your plans for the apocalypse, go ahead, email us at the family school of thought at gmail.com. Wow, that's a good topic. Yeah. Tell us what your plans are. You don't have yeah, to tell us exactly or anything, but just what's your you know are you prepared? Are you prepared for the apocalypse? <laughs> I don't know how any of this kind of relates to the Boston miracle. But because uh well, it's not like us to get off topic. That's for no. Sure. I'm so sure. Okay, D. Anything else you want to add to the story? All right. Well, thank you. That was a good story. Yeah. Thank you, Cass. <laughs> Thanks, Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> And if anybody wants us to share, if anybody has a story for me to broadcast or look up, um, send it this way because I'm always looking for something. I need you clues. Want, you want happy, shiny, rainbow, and unicorns. Yes. There is, not to get off topic again, but, but there is a new documentary a, about the Duggars that's called Happy, Shiny yeah. People. I know. <laughs> I've seen that. Hey, send that way. Send that way. It, it my attention because I'm thinking of REM, you know, and, yeah. people, and I like clicked on it and I'm like, what? It's about the Duggars. Wow. You see where their um, daughter, she's still on the T on that. Oh, yeah. for sure. Yeah. All right. Okay, guys. Um, we'll see you next week. Everybody have a great week. Thanks again for joining us. We appreciate it. Bye. Bye.